Okay, uh, good evening and welcome to our, our Wednesday evening service this evening. Um, we've been going through uh, various doctrines uh, um, of the Bible. Uh, the first one we went through, did was the doctrine of the Bible. Then we did the doctrine of God. Then we did the doctrine of um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we did the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And then we did the doctrine of angels. Now we're going to have a look at the doctrine of man. And I'd like to, us to open our Bibles, first of all, to uh, Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at uh, verse 26 and 27. I'm just going to turn this thing off. My, my phone is gone. I must take the sound off of this thing. Right, yeah. Okay, there you go. So there's been no interference. I normally remember that, but tonight I forgot. <laughs> okay, let's look at the, um, the Word of God here. And the Bible says, um, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over ev- uh, and all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man, in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Then we'll look at uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. There are another, there's another couple of verses which won't be up on the screen here, but I'd like to read them. And the one is 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 45. And the Bible says, and, it, and so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. And then 1 Timothy 2, 13, it says, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And then Psalm 8, chapter 4 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, there's a... a a word, it's called a supposition. Supposition is the act of uh, um, laying down, uh, imagining or admitting as true or existing what is known not to be true or what's not proved. It's belief without evidence. That's what a supposition is. The evolutionary theory is a speculation, it's a supposition. It's a conjecture and assumption, which when we think about it, it's the really, when you look at the evolution, it really is the best solution that the unregenerate or the spiritually unenlightened finite mind can construct. So what I'm saying is that, you know, it, 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 with the unsaved person, this is really the best answer for them. 
I mean, um, we know that the evolution is, is, a, is a lie, and um, there's a lie of the devil. And, um, but the thing is, it's quite interesting that it is just taught in all the schools, all the universities, as being a fact, and it is not a fact at all. But we look at Revelation now. When we looked at Revelation, when we looked at the Bible, we looked at Revelation. And um, Revelation was a, um, a disclosure. And that is God's communication, communicating his message to man. And there were different means. It was through nature, through providential dealings, through uh, um, um, miracles, through direct communication, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and through the Bible. It embodies a series of truths that are harmonious and reasonable. Uh, if the person and uh, uh, purpose and power of the Creator are recognized, if you recognize that God is the Creator, it's, everything is harmonious and it's reasonable. So there are two sides. There's where they believe that uh, man just came up out of the, um, the mud, basically, and such a lie. And then there's how God created man. And it's far more reasonable to believe that. So the evolutionary theory, what is it? It's the act of bringing man into being. Is, is, the, the act of bringing man into being is an achievement of huge proportions. To make man to be the result of an accidental evolutionary process springing from some primordial germ, a germ which itself cannot be accounted for apart from a creator. All of this is pure imaginative fancy without any proof whatsoever. It's all mental desperation. But this theory is passed on to the world under the patronage of education and science, so-called. Evolution is presented in two different forms. The first one is naturalistic evolution, which means that all forms of life came to be by just pure chance over time. Yet we've, um, uh, we've been reading, and uh, David and myself and others have been reading uh, James Tour, who says that uh, it's time is an enemy. <laughs> you know, if, 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 if the chemicals that were needed for life could have done something, and they got to a certain uh, place where, where life might have started, but there was just one mistake, you'd have to go back to the beginning to start again. How does life start from nothing. You know, um, how do the chemicals and the, and, and the, the makeup of life, how can they uh, just come together? Molecules don't know anything about life. They know nothing about life. They can't just say, I think I'm going to start life now and just come together and... and uh, it's just... I'm just going to say it's just impossible. <laughs> Evolution is impossible. So that is one, is the naturalistic evolution. The next one is theistic evolution. So um, some uh, people want to retain some recognition of God by making him the original cause while embracing a supposed evolutionary process as the method which God developed man from, a, uh, from the original cell which he created. So the, uh, what they're trying to say is that um, they believe in God, but... Um, he created that first cell, 
and um, but it evolved. That's one single cell. This is unproven and it's unreasonable, and also it's an insult and a dishonor to God. God reveals in the Bible exactly how He created man. To disregard this revelation and substitute it with uh, some groundless fiction is to accuse God of untruth. What you're saying is God is a liar. God is not a liar. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Anyone who embraces this theory of uh, animal ancestry dishonors God and himself. Now, we believe in creationism. Now, the evidence of Bible revelation, although the Bible is not a textbook on science, whenever the Bible relates to science, uh, to a scientific fact, it records it without error. Facts of the evidence. In Genesis 1.1, Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It's interesting. The men uh, will, will turn from this and look to other things. But in Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes, which David has been looking at these past few weeks, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, I'm going to just turn there. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and this is in verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, uh, The wind goeth towards the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run to the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers came, thither they return again. That's quite an interesting statement. Because that is explaining precipitation. That is, the, the water is drawn up, from the sea, goes inland, rains, water goes back down to the sea from where it came. And it's in the Bible. Yep. Exactly. Quite an amazing thing. An amazing thing. In Genesis uh, 27 it says, So God created man in his own image. Uh, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So now we, I would like for us to have a look at the material part of man, the body. <coughs> We've already looked at it, but um, uh, it's creation. And the Bible says that, And God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. In 3.19 it says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast taken... For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. It's quite an interesting thing that God made man out of the dust of the earth. What is the Hebrew word for dust? Hmm, I haven't looked at that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, let's have a look. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something to do with earth, isn't it? Because Adam, the word Adam is something to do with earth or something. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, can't. I don't know. We'll have to have a look at that. We'll definitely look at that. Good one. 
Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Um, okay, it's, it's designations. The material part of man is designations. Body. Firstly, body. Matthew 6.22 says, The light of the body is the eye, and if therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. So it's uh, designated as a body. Um, flesh. In Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this is um, where it's a synonym. It's a word that has the same meaning in another word in the same language. So it has, uh, the body is um, uh, for the body, and it also stands for the whole person. Sometimes uh, flesh sometimes stands for the whole person. In 1 Peter 1 4 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. And sometime, uh, and sometimes the sin nature as well. In, Rom- uh, in Romans 7 19 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So we see that the flesh is, is, um, stands for the, um, the body uh, and for the whole person and also for the sin nature. Um, it's a body of humiliation. In Philippians 3.21, Who shall change our vile body and that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working hereby, whereby he is able to even to subdue all things unto himself. It is also spoken of as being an earthen vessel. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may, the power may be of God and not of us. It's quite interesting that we are uh, spoken of as being earthen vessels very weak because the earthen vessel was made out of clay and then baked. So it wasn't very if you dropped it would break. Yet in this earthen vessel we have um, the spirit of God in, in us what an incredible thing that is um, well, the, uh, the, we are, the, the Holy Spirit it dwells in the vessel yes yep it's quite interesting the treasure, what is the treasure? That is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the treasure. What an incredible treasure. And it's in earthen vessels, weak, but the Lord is good. He's strong. And um, we have the Holy Spirit in us, even in these earthen vessels. <laughs> so, um, also, um, uh, the material part of man is the, um, supposed to be um, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Into 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? So what is the future of this um, body? Well, the Bible says that all men are going to be raised from the dead. All men. How many people do you think have lived since the beginning of creation? Forty billion, maybe? More? There's already nine billion on the earth. Oh, eight billion, isn't it? Eight billion? I think it's eight billion. Seven 
since the beginning of the world. I don't know. I've heard. No, but I, I don't know. You'd have to calculate it, but it must have been. Well, there's this, uh, this nearly eight billion now. Should I have to have a look at the statistics of that <laughs> and see, work it out? Well, they say that uh, I've heard up to 40 billion have died since. Well, there's a lot of different people. Some have even said up to 100 billion people. Hmm. Uh, we don't know. We will see. We'll find out one of these days. Okay. <clears throat> All men will be raised from the dead. In John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, Bible says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So every person that has ever lived is going to be raised from the dead. And some are going to be end up uh, in heaven and some will end up in the lake of fire. <coughs> in Revelation 20, verses 12 through 15 says, um, 12, I beg, beg your pardon. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And in verse 15 it says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And the saved will be in heaven forever with the Lord. Those who are saved will be with the Lord forever. Those who are not will be cast into the lake of fire. That's a terrible thought. I mean, it should make us just really be sad. <laughs> the whole world seems to be just going crazy and rejecting the Lord. and It's just... Uh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Yep. Right. The immaterial. Now we have. Uh, we've come. We've covered the body. Now we've come to the immaterial part of man. Its origin. There's an immaterial part of man. In Genesis two seven, and it says, "And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground." and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. His characteristics is made in the image and likeness of God. Adam's original state was holiness, and he lost this by the fall. But man still retains vestiges of God's image and likeness. In 1 Corinthians 11.7 it says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. In James 3.9 it says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. It is the immaterial part of man that is made in the image of God, not the material. In Genesis 1.26 and 27, like we said, we've read before, and God said, Let us make man in our image, 
after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over their cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and fem- female created he them. So the immaterial part of man originates not as a creation, but as a transmission. When God breathed into man the breath of life, it was an impartation from God, not a creation. So man was formed by the direct and immediate creation of God and made from existing matter. Um, in Genesis 2.7 it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Some have said that the, uh, um, that, the, that word, uh, the breath of life, is, um, is a plural. It's the breath of lives. Isn't it interesting that um, even today we have life and breath? It says in, in um, um, Acts chapter 17, um, when uh, uh, Paul went into, um, was talking to the people, he said that God gives us life, breath, and all things. That's an interesting statement. Even today, that breath that was into Adam is in us too, that breath. Without it, we wouldn't be alive. God gives us breath. In life, the immaterial part of man was not divinely created or made from existing material. Man became a living soul as a result of divine inbreathing into the earthen vessel. Angels are not said to have been given the breath of life like men, who seem to be exalted to a place of dignity and honor. So, what are the facets of the immaterial part of man? Firstly, there is the soul. And it stands for the personal life or the individual. It has emotion. In Jeremiah 31.35 it says, For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. Then wars, and it says um, not only that, it, um, it has emotion, but it also has wars against the lusts of the flesh. In 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. So we have a soul, and there's a, a, a war going on and, um, uh, between the, um, the spirit and, and uh, uh, the soul, and, and these fleshly lusts, there's just a war going on. Um, in, uh, the second one is, that, uh, besides the soul, we have a spirit, and the spirit relates to the higher aspects of man. In Romans 8.16, it says that the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. All men have a spirit. Um, in 2 Corinthians 2.11, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. The spirit may be corrupted, in 2 Corinthians 7.1, Having uh, therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Although there is a distinction between the soul and the spirit, they are both facets of the immaterial part of man. There is also another immaterial part, and that is the, the, the heart is the largest concept of all the facets of man's immaterial nature. It is the seat of intellectual, emotional, volitional, and spiritual life of man. In Hebrews 4.12 it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And in Hebrews 4, 7, it says, And again he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. So that's quite an interesting statement. Conscience. What is a conscience? Conscience is a witness within that has been affected by the fall, but which can be a safeguard at times. In 1 Peter 2.19, says, For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Suffering wrongfully. Hebrew 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. And then uh, the other immaterial part of man is the mind. So the mind is the facet of man's immaterial nature in which understanding is centered the mind was affected by the fall, but the mind can be renewed. In 12.2 says, or Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Then we have the, the flesh. When flesh means the sin nature, then this too is an aspect of man's immaterial nature. It is completely corrupt and cannot be renewed, but will be eradicated at death. So that's quite an interesting thing. There's quite a few uh, immaterial parts of man that uh, we, need to look, we need to look at, and that's the soul, the spirit, the heart, the conscience, the mind, and uh, sometimes uh, the flesh is regarded as... Uh, um, uh, um, the sin nature is regarded as the flesh. So there's also immaterial. That's quite a few immaterial parts of man so we can't point out and say um, um, take an x-ray and, and look at the brain and say well there's the mind and, and at the back there two inches this way and a little bit there that's the conscience we can't say that because uh, it's an immaterial part of man can't uh, see the soul because the soul is you that's us that's me that's you <laughs> so Interesting, isn't it? Quite an interesting thing. Um, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to leave this the rest until next week. When it comes to the, we'll look at the fall of man. Um, okay. Well, thank you for being here, and thank you for watching. And um, I know it's a bit quick, and there's a lot, lot of verses. If if you have any questions, please uh, let us uh, know. Um, any questions, uh, just phone. Phone the, the church phone number, and David will answer. He knows all of the questions. <laughs> Any questions you need, I'll answer Okay, let's uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for um, your great love for us. We thank you, Father, that you've given us your word that shows us uh, what man is like and who man is. And we know, Father, that, Lord, you are the creator of man. What an incredible thing it is. That, Lord, you have created this uh, um, our bodies and, and um, uh, Lord it's said in your word that they are earthen vessels but Lord they are so complex and so uh, uh, amazing and we thank you so much for that 
Lord, we love you. Pray that, Lord, you be with us as we go uh, separate ways now. Pray that you keep us safe. Lord, you bless our service on the Lord's Day. And, that, Lord, you'd speak to our hearts, encourage us through... Uh, I pray that you'd be with Stu as he brings the word of God to us. And, Lord, you'd help him as well as he prepares. We love you and thank you for your time now and your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> I know there was a lot to go through there. <laughs> Yes. Yeah.